What's good, everybody? It's your boy right here, man, Black Pill. And welcome to episode number two of the Black Pill Sports Podcast. Y'all know what it is with me. Y'all say with me. To the intro. Alright man, if you're new to the Blackfield Sports Podcast channel, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, as well as share, as well make sure you subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you see the podcast as well, as well as the YouTube channel, you know what I'm saying, I'm shooting on both, so make sure you subscribe to every single channel I'm shooting on. In today's video, man, we're going to recap uh, yesterday's World Series as well tonight, the World Series is played tonight. Game 5, Arizona, closeout game for the Texas Rangers, if you're not a Texas Rangers fan as well, could it be, could it be the closeout game? As well, we got uh, more things that happened with the trade deadline over the NFL. Uh, a couple of couple of key moves that happened yesterday for the trade deadline. A key move that didn't happen. As well, one team clearing house. I mean, clearing house from coaches, GMs, and the offensive coordinator, defense coordinators. Pretty much in restart, rebuild mode, as typically you see around this time around trade deadline. As well, before I forget, man, how was your Halloween? How was your day, man? Uh, let me know in the comment section below as well. Let me know on here. Uh, on the podcast that you know how, how did your Halloween go um, I don't celebrate it but you know I was at work before I got off the whole nine yards you know what I'm saying but if you enjoyed Trick or Treat as well the whole Halloween party over the weekend as well Tuesday let it be known plus it really didn't feel like Halloween yesterday because Halloween was on a Tuesday it was on a work day you know kids got school the next day so um, but first and foremost man we're going to get into um, some scores um, especially tonight like I said before, game five, closeout game for the Texas Rangers tonight in the World Series. Do you think they will close it out? Game starts in the less than two hours, starts at 7 3 Central Time. I think it's over there at Mountain Time in Arizona, which is probably, I think it's the West Coast, Pacific Coast, something like that. So starts over there. As well, NBA action. You got the Trailblazers versus the Pistons, Bucks, Raptors, Wizards, Hawks, Pacers, Celtics, Nets, Heat, Cavaliers, Knicks, Pelicans, Thunder, Hornets, Rockets, Nugget, Timberwolves, Bulls, Mavericks. Grizzly Jazz, King Warriors, and the Clippers versus the Lakers. As well, let me get into one of the NBA storylines. I found this out yesterday. Um, if you ain't seen the viral video, if you didn't know, James Harden, who I mentioned in my very first podcast episode, uh, was trying to get out of Philly after signing that two-year $68 million extension. Um, his boy Daryl Moore was there. For, if you know Daryl Moore, his days in Houston is in Philly. So this is James Harden fourth team. If you did not know, James Harden was uh, sent to the LA Clippers. Um, I don't know the, 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 the synopsis of the pick, but I'm gonna look it up as we speak. Let me go look it up right now. Of the James Harden to the Clippers pick, um, I should have had this already printed out. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, let me see, trade to the Clippers. So he was uh, have agreed to change. Okay, so this is the block. This is the trade that happened to. Clippers happened on Tuesday, pretty much just happened yesterday. So, from the source from NBA.com, said the Harden saga is over in Philadelphia, which trades him to the Los Angeles Clippers, and now can fully focus on this season. So, this is what the James Harden uh, trade consists of: Sixers receive Nicholas Bantam, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, and multiple picks. Clippers receive James Harden, PJ Tucker, and Philippe uh, Perstyle. So first and foremost, when I see this, uh, the lineup, um, we're gonna go to the Clippers lineup with James Harden. So we're gonna do, we're gonna do the Clippers lineup real quick, which I think I know most of it, but we're gonna do the Clippers lineup. So the Clippers lineup will probably be, uh, Westbrook did come back, so it's gonna be Westbrook, Harden at the two, 
Um, well, this ain't this, this this the roster. This ain't really the. I want to see the starting lineup to me. Um, so to me, it's gonna be. This is what the projected lineup is gonna be. Westbrook got the one. Um, Noel Powell at the two. PG thirteen at the three. Kawhi at the four, and Zubac at the five. But once Harden gets in there, Harden and Westbrook can switch off. Um, Westbrook can play the two. Um, James can play the one because he's a point guard. But to me, both are point guards, but both are ball dominant. Um, but you got, you know, two legit scorers in PG-13 as well, Kawhi Leonard. Um, Zubak in the paint. But as well, you got to know James Harden is a walking bucket. I know he ain't what he used to be in Houston, as well as some of his early times in Brooklyn. But you got a, you got a good little offensive uh, trio. We just have to see is James Harden is James Harden going to be all in because you know head coach Talu is very tight niche. He's very much like a Greg Popovich type of coach. If you didn't see his days in Cleveland with LeBron, he is very very uh, he has a foundation. He has a structure. He is very very team oriented. So James Harden is going to have to get with the program or he's going to get lost. Which is why I said in my first episode why you know I don't think him and him and uh, Miami would have worked with on the Pat Riley structure, but we're going to see what it is tonight. I don't know if James is going to play tonight against the Lakers. Um, I hope he does, but knowing that he got there yesterday, got a pass of physical, got to clear waivers, all that. So we will once we see James Harden, once we see the debut of James Harden, we will see the debut as well. I will come back the next day, uh, whatever day that would be, and do the podcast of recap of the game. But let's get into the NFL. And let's get into the juicy because, you know, football is king in America. Y'all know what it is. Um, Y'all know yesterday that uh, the end of the free agency, I'm sorry, the free agency, uh, the trade deadline for free agency, pretty much the trade deadline. Let me repeat myself and slow myself down. The trade deadline ended yesterday at 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock, pretty much 3 o'clock Central, right? So with that being said we had chase young got sent to the 49ers for a fourth round pick i think let me get to that uh let me get to that if i can find it um yeah so yeah he so here here it goes so the washington commanders traded uh montez sweat and um chase young so Realize that Montez Sweat, both of these are first-round picks. Y'all remember during COVID, Chase Young was the number two overall pick behind Joe Burrow. Montez Sweat from Mississippi State um, was the 26th overall pick in 2019. So both of these guys are first-round picks. And I think that San Francisco got like a second. I think Montez got a second-round pick for him going to Chicago. And Chase got a fourth and a fifth-round pick to the 49ers. Now, you're going to ask yourself... Why did they change? Why did they trade them? Number one, both of them do for long-term extensions. But if you look at the, t- the statistics from both, and we're gonna pull that up as we speak, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on the screen, but on the podcast, I'm gonna pull it up for y'all. Chase Young um, statistics. Chase Young stats is this: um, for a career, he has 14 sacks. Um, his first year, 2020. Which is during the pandemic year, he had seven and a half. Any one defensive rookie of the year, I think he, I think he won defensive of the year. Second year, uh, he had one and a half sack, and that's when he tore his ACL. He played no games all 2022 because of ACL injury. And then this year, he had five sacks. So his career, so during a four-year tender in the NFL right now, because we still got the rest of the games that he played, he has 14 sacks. 
which is not not good. Um, he has five on the season now. Um, five on the season now. We'll see if he can uh, break his rookie sack record. I hope he does. Um, Montez Sweat, uh, his his stats, and I know he got good stats. His career stats is 35 and a half. So since he was drafted, he always had seven, nine, five, eight. And he has six and a half now. So it's on. It's pretty much on par for him. To, could have a double digit sack season, but he's going to Chicago. He's going to the NFC North. Um, with the whole tumultuous thing that happened to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, knowing that they traded for Joshua Dobbs because they don't have a quarterback. Once uh, Kirk Cousins went down with a torn Achilles, season in an Achilles injury, they uh, threw the backup in. Even though they won 28 to 10 in Green Bay, despite of what happened to Kirk Cousins, they traded for Joshua Dobbs. Y'all know Joshua Dobbs. He was a backup for uh, Arizona Cardinals when Kyler Murray went down with the whole IR of his hamstring. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just they just traded him away because he was doing good. He beat Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Backup quarterback beat Dallas. So he's uh, over there with um, Minnesota as we speak. Another trade in, uh, another trade that happened, you guys, was a um, King and Bird, Tennessee Titans going to the Philadelphia Eagles. My Philadelphia Eagles slide. Eagles slide. Y'all know I'm an Eagles fan. Um, they, 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 they try to revamp this whole defense. We know that our defense is stout. Hassan Reddick, uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, two big boys, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, uh, uh, Nicobe Dean, um, Slay on one side. Um, I can't think of the other guy's name on the other side. We we And we added King, Kevin Bird to that safety position. We got a defense. Now, granted, we did lose our defensive coordinator. To, he's the coach of Arizona now. We lost our offensive coordinator. He's a, he's the head coach of Indianapolis. So, but we seven and one still. We top of the division East um, tonight. We, I mean, not tonight. This Sunday, we have the Dallas Cowboys at three thirty um, at Philadelphia Eagles. I think that should be a Sunday night football game to me, to be exact. But you know, we don't run the schedule. But I think uh, this will be the test uh, to try and test of what do where are we at uh, football wise of this team. We know that Jalen. Uh, we know that our quarterback Jalen Hurts has a knee injury. But that's neither here nor there. But for real, y'all, we have this. But tonight, we're going to get into this World Series game. If y'all don't know, I live, I do live in Arlington, Texas. So the Texas Rangers Stadium is pretty much right down the highway. Uh, we haven't, they haven't been since 2011. Um, every time they get there, they lose. But they're up 3-1. Closeout game is tonight. Who do y'all have closing out the game tonight of this series? We know that Rangers do have certain. Let me let's 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 look up the stats because it has been very very. Um, I wouldn't say back and forth, it's been one side because game three, Lord have mercy, they they uh <laughs> game three we're gonna we're gonna do this. Um, Lord have mercy, yeah, because let's see, um, Tuesday we're gonna look up yesterday. I don't think they played yesterday. No, um, Sunday three. Okay, yeah, Texas beat them three one. Um, and then yesterday, Halloween, Texas beat them 11-7. Saturday, I think they played Arizona 1-9-1. And you know how this is a back-and-forth game, especially with World Series and hits. And we're going to do, you know, I hope they have stats, but I don't think they do. Um, no, they ain't got the stats. But we, if you've seen the schedule and we've seen the hits, we're going to go to the last game, which was uh, yesterday, 11-1. We're going to click on that game right there. Click on it. Uh, I hope they got the uh, stats for that. Um, 
box score, you know how it is. Um, you know, Simeon had two runs, uh, two homers. Um, Sager, two homers. Gun, three. No, one. Him, one. You know, uh, Janikowski, one. So they got, they had, that's how all their runs were, how they run. They had 11, 11 runs, so that. But if we go back to um, certain innings and pitching, Pitching is pitching is key in this series, and people don't understand how bad pitching is key in this series. Watching the game and watching how Arizona pitches in that pitcher box in that strike zone, you have to look at the way they do changeups, the way they do sliders, the way they do fastballs, and you got to look and, and just looking at some of the hitters on the Rangers, it's like they know what's coming, but they don't hit it. And they wonder why they get struck out. They wonder, and people wonder why, like the, the score be so low sometimes, and it doesn't get excited to like the middle of the fifth or the beginning of the sixth inning. No, baseball has nine innings, but it's like you know the hits are coming. The hits are very much coming. You know what it, what this pitcher does, what he's gonna do, but you don't. People, but I'm not a baseball player. I just I can I'm only a fan that can observe. The only thing they can actually see and they only, uh, they only actually watch, and it's like, bro. Really though, you, you you see what's coming. You know what he did. He did it last time. He's gonna do it again. When you come back on the field, and you're gonna hit you on the mound and on the base. He's gonna do it again. But you know that's they're they're paid millions of dollars to play the sport. I'm not only can be a fan, only can observe as well being an analyst and a critique of what I see. And it's like, yo, please, 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 for the sake of me, man, you know what's coming. Be prepared for it. Because if you saw the last series. When they did the Astros, right? When they played, when the Texas played the Astros, you see how they wasn't. You see how Texas wasn't afraid to hit what Astros was pitching at them, and neither was the Astros either. But you know, you saw how they were so confident because you know Astros, Houston runs Texas when it comes to baseball. The Texans not football, the Cowboys football. But when it comes to baseball, everybody know Astros is king in Texas because they got what championships behind them. Rangers have zero, Gusek, Neethi, Nada, Nathan. No championships on that resume. Astro has it. But so they had to come into that. You saw how confident that Texas was hitting with the Astros. You saw what was coming. You saw the hits. You saw how they threw their pitches at the Astros. And they knew what was coming. But guess what? They sucked it up and they won. And they picked it up and they won the series. Advanced them to the World Series. Being, being the, uh, the American League champions. Going to now the World Series against the Diamondbacks. Who everybody thought? Let's keep it a buck. <clears throat> let me get a let me get a sip of this coke. No, I apologize. Let me get a sip of this coke. Who everybody thought was going to um, they thought Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia, the Phillies were going to advance the World Series. I had the Phillies going to the World Series. I had Phillies going to the World Series because that's how good they are to me. Bryce Harper signed that big that big contract, and I thought they were going, but golly, I was wrong. So tonight, close out game. I'm predicting that uh, Arizona wins this, um, just because this is the home crowd. Um, they don't want to, you know. I know Texas. I know the people in Texas. They got the watch parties already happening right now at the Global Life Stadium, Texas Live, whatever. But tonight, I think Arizona wins tonight, and then Friday night, the Rangers close it out. It's better to close it at home. You know what I'm saying? And get it done. So I think um, Arizona wins tonight. I'm going to go I'm gonna go score of, uh, I'm going to say 9-4. to four. Arizona beats Texas 9-4. to four. But Texas comes back Friday night, closes it out, and wins 
their first ever World Series for the segment for the DFW area. And you know that's going to give confidence to Cowboy fans. That, oh, they got a championship. We can win a championship. So I'm just prepared for that mockery to happen. Um, but without further ado, we're going to take this quick white break, man. And I'll be right back with more. Because after this, we're going to get into the NCAA. Michigan. Man, if y'all ain't heard about Michigan, they're the new, they're the 2008-2009 New England Patriots. If you know, you know. But stay tuned. More back with Black Pill Sports Podcast after this. Peace. All right, y'all, man. Welcome back. You're right here, man. Welcome back to a quick break on the Black Pill Sports Podcast. Once again, if you're tuning in, man, you missed a great first half. You're new to the channel, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share this video, as well as subscribe to all the podcasts on Spotify, Apple, where you can get all these podcasts you stream from. It'd be greatly appreciated if you listen to it as well as share it. Now, we're in the second half of the show. We're going to cover, we're going to cover NCAA, college football. We're going to go, with, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the top, uh, we're going to go with the top 25 rankings before we get into the news today that I told y'all guys about before we went on break. So, NCAA news, uh, the, tw- the top 25 is out. Number one, Ohio State. Two, Georgia. Three, Michigan. Four, Florida State. Five, UW. Six, Oregon. Seven, Texas. Uh, eight, Rolling Tide, Alabama. Nine, OU. Ten, Ole Miss. Eleven, Penn State. Twelve, Missouri. Thirteen, Louisville. Fourteen, LSU. Number fifteen, Notre Dame. Sixteen, Oregon State. Seventeen, Tennessee. Eighteen, University of Utah. Nineteen, UCLA. Twenty, USC. Twenty-one, Kansas. 22 Oklahoma State, 23 Kansas State, 24 Tulane, and 25 Air Force Academy. Now, this is the top, this is the playoff rankings right now. If the playoffs were today, uh, AP top 25, we're going to go Georgia's number one, Michigan's number two, Ohio State number three, Florida State number four, UW five, Oregon six, Texas seven, Alabama eight, Penn State nine, OU is number 10. But without further news, we're going to get into the news if you heard about it that, um, one of the top news is that during the Colorado-UCLA game where UCLA thrashed Colorado, uh, the players of Colorado uh, mentioned that they were robbed of their jewelry and their watches. If you don't know, Prime's, Mr. Coach Primetime Deion Sanders has been the coach. This is his first year coaching Colorado. If you don't know his history in the bag, he has coached Jackson State. In this similar situation, this reminds me of the Jackson State situation where uh, the players of Jackson State were robbed in their locker room during the game. And as well, this happened, this is deja vu over again for Coach Prime and his players, especially D1 football players at the University of Colorado, where they played at UCLA, at the state, I think in, uh, at the, uh, UCLA Stadium where Chip Kelly's head coach, that the players' jewelry and Rolexes were stolen. Again, this is a deja vu event for him. So what I'm wondering is that I don't know how the stadium is set up, but how does somebody have access to those kids' locker room how do they know where the jewel- their jewelry is at and their stuff is at to get robbed? Plus, Coach Prime has asked for reimbursement by the use by the NCAA as well as the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA Bruins to reimburse his boys of what was stolen. Now, once what I'm trying to what I'm trying to put wrap my mind is is that how does something get stolen during the game? Because if you watch the game called football, you have all the players, you have the training staff, the doctors. Um, the officials, everybody's on the uh, field, a field of play. The only time somebody's headed to the back is after pregame warm-up, halftime, or somebody's injured and they got to go to the locker room. So those are the only time that you see players going back there. 
So my question is, during the game, during the first half, how does somebody get to the locker room of the Michigan players? Now, how all these stadiums are set up different. I don't know how the UCLA stadium is set up because you got the home team, they got their locker room, and then you have the visiting locker room. So with the visiting locker room, if you ever seen it, the visiting locker room is not it's, not, it's really bad. It's not like all the hype up for the home locker room. So everybody's pretty close to tight niche uh, in that visiting locker room. So how to somebody come to find out to rob over 50, 60 some kids of their stuff is beyond me. How did that happen? It's beyond me. And you tell me they don't have cameras, they don't have security guards. I know most of the security guards work in the field as well in the stands and the student sections and stuff to keep everybody in play and everybody intact. But you telling me y'all don't have securities or no kind of officers that can really just go out and look at, uh, uh, even go back there and just check on, make sure everybody's stuff is there, whether it's the home and visiting. But it's funny that it happens to Coach Prime. Now, if you don't know about the incident that happened before he got there, I think it was a year ago, Last year, before he got to Colorado, he, uh, during the game at Jackson State, his his uh, his home locker room where the players are at that they played home was kicked in as well, and their stuff was stolen. And it was they didn't get anything about it. They didn't get reimbursed for the stuff that was taken. And I think it's going to happen again, where the NCAA is going to try to make Coach Prime an example, which I don't know why when he has done nothing to the NCAA. But he has made college football fun to watch. Because back before he even came there, people really didn't care about college football. I mean, it was Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and that was it. But now Coach Prime is in the field of play. He made college football exciting to watch again because of what he's doing in Colorado. Granted, they don't have the best record in the Pac-12 because that's UW and Oregon. But he made football, he made college football cool to watch again. But for him to go through this again and nobody's doing nothing about it raises a certain amount of questions. Because I'm not going to bring, I don't like race baiting. I don't like bringing race into this. But let's bring up a PWI. Let's bring up a P. Let's bring up PWI. Let's bring up uh, Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher and his boys go to, let's say they play, um, let's play, let's say they play in Miami, 305, Dade County, right? Go against the U. You telling me if A&M had Rolexes? AirPods, whatever expensive. You tell me that locker room ain't guarded. You tell me nobody's gonna go in that room and kicking that and go in the room and steal all those uh, kids stuff. I highly doubt it. Cause Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher, he won one national championship in Florida State, but now he's at a PWI Texas A&M. Even though he coaches a football team, I guarantee you, you take them to anywhere. Nobody's nobody's going in that locker room and, and taking that kid stuff. But all of a sudden, Coach Prime. Dion, Hall of Fame cornerback, one of the best to ever do it. Coaches Colorado, go to UCLA, and his kid stuff gets stolen. Not one time, but it's the second year in a row he got something that haven't done this, and nobody's raising questions about this. Everybody's just turning the other cheek. Everybody's just walking away like they ain't seen nothing. Somebody knows something on that campus, and I guarantee they got cameras. They got cameras on that campus. They're not telling nobody. They're not telling anybody what's going on. But all of a sudden, Coach Prime boys, their stuff gets stolen. Because Shador did this, you know, it's time. You know, watch me, it's time. You know what I'm saying? And people be mocking it and stuff like that. But 
their stuff, all their road. I think all of them have Rolexes. All of them get all that stuff gets stolen, and nobody knows what happened to it. Nobody know where it is, and I guarantee you they're not gonna get reimbursed for it because well, it's your fault. You 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 told them boys to wear it, and you know they have all this cocky, flamboyant, arrogant attitude. But if another coach that dealt with his boys, I guarantee y'all would have had a case. They would have tried to find the people that trying to find the vigilante or find the thief that stole their stuff. But it's Coach Prime because he's a black man, he's a black head coach, making cost more fun again. Y'all don't want to take it back. It raises questions. Raise it. It raises questions. But we're gonna get we're we're gonna get um <laughs> we're gonna do that and we're gonna dive into that later on once they find out the news and the um the I, if they find somebody named Dyke, then we'll get into that later. But now we're going to get into the field of play, the real field of play of what we talk about. And why did I leave off before we went to break? Why did Michigan, why did I call Michigan, relate Michigan to the 08 09 New England Patriots? Now you ask yourself, or the 07 08 Patriots, I apologize. You ask yourself, Stefan, what are you talking about? How is. University of Michigan like the New England Patriots. Okay, let me give it to you this. Y'all heard of Spygate, right? Y'all remember? Y'all, the, the notorious Spygate was New England Patriots. How they had, they sent people to spy on the New York Jets practice during training camp for calls, signals, plays, the whole nine yards. This ain't deflate gate where they deflated footballs for Tom Brady. This is Spygate where they sent someone to spy on the opposing team, their first opponent of the season, not the not the regular, not all the opponents, just that particular opponent because they're in the same division and they play twice a year, and they had a spy on them for playbook, for plays, signal calls, everything, and they got caught. Now I think they paid a fine loss of draft picks in that time. But why do I relate that to why do I relate that to today? If you don't know. The University of Michigan is under scrutiny right now. Coach Jim Harbaugh, former NFL head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, was, they're bringing him into a fray where he has been caught up with two cheating scandals on his football team this season alone. The first, the first one, the first indictment that they're saying is that the card that, you know, the play card, they're taking play cards. If you don't know about college football, Every college football team have the play cards. You see pictures of certain like weird pictures. That's like a formation and uh, probably a formation that they're doing. But they're not gonna. They're not gonna. That that whole board is not to play. Just the formation that they're in. Um, everybody, if those teams and players know the real call. They just that's just a, that's just the formation that they're in as we speak. So supposedly that they sent a spy. That he sent someone into that game to jack or to take pictures of of uh, opposing teams pictures or the play call or the play call cards and use them to advantage and this is why and I'm a, and I'm gonna bring it up this is hold on I can bring it up I apologize let me see if I can bring it up for y'all um here we go but this is they they did this during COVID I heard they had a whole cheeseburger scandal of that and they was and he was they weren't uh, penalized for that but let's go to the card scandal everybody knows even high school teams use big old plastic uh board with cards that does the formation so what Jim Harbaugh is doing and what I'm seeing I mean there's nothing new I mean it's not illegal to you know they're doing this play whatever because usually back in the day when I play football the opposing team would give us a film on film on them now they would they, you wouldn't know the plays because 
you just look at the film on certain players you'll stop and, you know, just look at the formation because, you know, they can change up the formation during the week of practice before the game starts. College football, the same thing. You look at you can look at the you can look at the boards, you can look at the things that they use, the whole nine yards. It's it's just you can look, look you can look at the whole nine yards and just look at something that okay they're using this they they got a picture of a tiger, um, Beyonce, Joe Biden, you know uh, Kamala Harris, and they call some type of formation with that. That ain't the play. That's just a formation, and, it, and and a lot of college football team does that. But what they are doing in this particular story. Top, it goes up there with Spygate and Deflategate. This is what, this is what, and this is from Central Michigan. The guy, Michigan played Central Michigan this past Saturday. And this is what is going, this is what they're throwing on Jim Harbaugh. Check this story as I read. Central Michigan is investigating photos that shows a man resembling Michigan Wolverine staff member Connor, Stallion, Connor Stallions on his sideline for the September 1st opener at Michigan State. Athletic director Amy Fallon in a statement to ESPN said that the school became aware of the photos late Monday. The man resembling Stallions is dressed in Central Michigan issue gear and standing alongside of several of the team's coaches wearing a bitch credential. The credential reads VB and appears to be designated for the visiting bench area, which is different from a general sideline pass. It gives access to the designated area between the 20 to the 20 yard lines, which is reserved for players, coaches, trainers, equipment staff. Schools are given a fit, uh, affinitive number of passes for each game. We are in the process of determining the facts surrounding them, following the following statement reads. As this process is ongoing, we have, neither, we have no further comment at this time. Now, after Tuesday night went 31-37 over Northern Illinois, Central Mission coach Jim uh, McEl... Uh, uh, Jim... I don't know how to say his last name. Said Stallions wasn't, uh, wasn't on any distributed pass. We obviously are aware of a pitcher floating around with a sign stealer guy. Um, Coach Jim said, our people are doing everything they can get to the bottom of it. We are totally aware of it. I certainly don't, don't, don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. I do know that his name was on, was on none of the passes that were given out. Now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. And again, there is no place in football for that. Um, Stallions is at the center of an NCAA investigation into off-campus scouting and signal stealing. Michigan has suspended him with pay pending the outcome of the investigation, which launched October 17th. A Michigan spokesperson declined to comment uh, when asked about Stallions' whereabouts September 1st, which probably his week one opened as a Michigan before. Photos obtained by ESPN shows a man wearing sunglasses during a night game and holding a possibly play sheet. The man who was standing near offensive line coach Tavathia Thompson. CMU director of recruiting Michael McGee for much of the game was shown by FS1 cameras several times during the game broadcast and appeared to shield his face anytime a play ended where any anytime a play ended near where he was standing. According to NCAA rules, the team area during games includes a maximum of 59 squad members directly involved in the game. Those not in full uniform were special credentials assigned to the team that are number one through fifty. No other credential is valid for the team area, according to the NCAA Rule 124B. Michigan State is aware of Stallion's potential presence at the opener, and sources at Michigan State told ESPN that the school is discussing potential next steps and is prepared to cooperate with any form of investigation that arises from, from this. Sources also told ESPN that Stallion's purchased tickets at the Big Ten at 12 Big Ten schools and for several other games involving potential Michigan opponents. 
A former Division III football player and coach told ESPN that Steins compensated him to attend games involving Michigan's opponents and record, the, and record their sidelines with his smartphone. The Central Michigan allegation is the first that potentially sp- places Stallion on the sideline of a mi- game involving a Michigan opponent. Michigan beat Michigan State 49-0 on October 21st. Central Michigan faced Michigan State the night before Michigan began the season against East Carolina. Photos show Stallions on the Michigan sideline for the September 2nd opener. Central Michigan has several has multiple staff members with ties to Michigan. Mm, so you read that, right? This man has been. This man hired somebody <laughs> to be at Michigan State's, to be at Michigan's opponent sideline, recording them with a smartphone. Technology is everywhere, folks. You can leave. There's cameras. There's things everywhere. Technology, artificial intelligence has evolved. They're recording. This is why I try to tell y'all before we went to break that this story is going to be up there with Spygate. And as you notice. Central Michigan and Michigan State are the only school talking about this because they're the one that were affected by Michigan's so-called Michigan stealing from this particular guy that works for Michigan. Season one opened two months ago. We're November 1st, September 1st. That's two months ago to be exact. Two months ago, he was there on on, uh, on their sideline wearing hats, still in place, recording. He wasn't supposed to be there. And they just and now they just found out two weeks this past week I think not this past Sunday but Saturday, not not this past Saturday the Saturday before that two weeks ago Michigan got Michigan State got blown by Michigan 49-0 but the guy that was wearing the Central Michigan gear Stallions was on the sideline for Michigan and everybody said we don't know how he got there there's only a certain number of passes that the school can give out on both sides but somehow some way this guy gets on a Central Michigan sideline. And recording and, and got a play sheet, meaning he probably has an earpiece in his ear telling the opposing sideline that he works for Michigan what they're calling. Setting up their defense, guess what? They can get that get back. They can stop them. They know everything. How they know these going to play? Because you got an enemy, you got an op, opposition in your party, working for the opposite, working for the opposing team that you're facing. And we haven't heard, and, and, by, and better yet, we haven't heard nothing from Jim Harbaugh. Not a peep, we haven't heard nothing from Jim Harbaugh. That raises questions, that raises eyebrows. This is the man that was suspended four games, y'all. Four games this year for Michigan. He was suspended four games for NCAA uh, rules. And now he's back. And it's all of a sudden, these cats are undefeated. Undefeated. And he was gone four games? Four. And they're undefeated still. I'm not saying these kids are talented. I'm not saying they're, I mean, I'm not saying they're not talented. There are some blessed individuals on there, some blessed athletes on that squad. But you can't tell me that Jim Harbaugh did not have to play in certain things that happened to make them 8-0, 5-0 when he got back. Because there's no way, because there was some, there were some games they should have lost. They should have lost some games. But now he wasn't there. He probably had, in my opinion, this is me on the outside looking in. He has something to do with that. He has that guy to hire to go on opposing guy's sidelines to get them play so they can win. Because if he never did that, I guarantee you Michigan would be like 2-2 two and two right now before he got back. So they'll be 2-2 two and two and then he'll come back and they'll probably go on a run. They wouldn't be no top five AP. Not no top five college football playoff ranking. 
but they're undefeated. Undefeated. So it raises the question, did Jim Harbaugh have a have a hand in this? The same reason, the same thing that I told you that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots had during Spygate. And they said, well, we have no, we have no, you know, record information for this guy doing this. We didn't pay this, this. They had a money trail. You pay somebody cash, you can't find a money trail. They just, they, they, NFL had to use their resources and found them guilty and took draft picks away and whatever away, you know. But with college football, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know they're going to give him a slap on the wrist. We don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh and this Michigan uh, still sign, uh, st- uh, <clears throat> sign still in uh, play call debate. What's going to happen? I literally think this was going to happen to me. I literally think they're going to not suspend him. Uh, if they do, it's going to be until probably after to the next season. But if they do uh, find them guilty, they're probably going to take Michigan off the college football playoff. These cats can go 13-0. They're going to find some type of way to make these young men pay because their dumb coach made that dumb decision to still play, to, to play somebody, to go on the opposition sideline and still signal calls, sheets, and plays and let them know what they're running. Because you can't have a, you can't have a perfect season without you cheating a little bit. Because they cheated. Let's keep it a book. They cheated. They, they cheated real big. Same thing with the spy game with the New England Patriots. They went undefeated. Now, they met their karma in the Super Bowl against Eli, but they went undefeated. Same thing could happen here. They could, Michigan could go to the National Championship and get smacked by one of the top the, the opponents they meet. But how the NCAA rules, we're going to see. I think they're going to take Michigan out of the possible play. I will put somebody else in. That's going to be their karma. They go, oh, yeah, y'all undefeated. Y'all cold. Y'all the Big Ten champions. Y'all not, play, y'all not playing for the... Uh, for the national championship though. But you got that Big Ten championship though, right? Y'all went to Big Ten Championship. Y'all, y'all did y'all did good. Y'all the y'all the cha- Big Ten champions. But y'all ain't going to cost them by playoffs. Or they can take their season all the way together and just spend the rest of the season. They got all the, they can go eight and they play like 12 games. Eight and four. They get they just lose the rest. Don't go no ball games. Represent nothing, none of that. They can do that. We don't know what the, we don't know what the verdict is gonna be on Michigan, but we gotta do is find out because this is up there with Spygate of New England Patriots professional football. And we and what's crazy we have yet to hear once again I repeat myself, we have yet to hear from Jim Harbaugh. Yet to hear from him. That raises a very, very concerning red flag, big red flag that you don't want to say nothing. Your program is at risk of probably being banned and suspended for the rest of the season and partially next season. Because you can't speak up for yourself and say we had nothing to do with this. University of Michigan football don't know this guy. Bam, bam, bam. Boom. At least put something out there so the people can understand. You're not putting anything out there, my guy. You're not putting anything out there. So that made, that, looks, that makes you look guilty by association, bro. And it really does. I didn't see the press conference of it. I know Pat McAfee shot them. I'm a big Pat McAfee podcast fan. He did some type of uh, reenactment of what he did. But it's 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 concerning, man. It's and it's and it's really really getting to a point where now it's like, yo, what's going on? So, um, furthermore, we are gonna follow up with that, man. Keep following up, man. But uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, rocking with your boy on this podcast. I know we rocking going on 39 minutes. I wish I had more to, uh, to turn from. Oh, last story. Let me not forget. We gonna keep this thing going. If you didn't hear about the um firing of Josh McDaniels on the Las Vegas Raiders. It happened. It needed to happen. Um, you hear about the frustration of Devontae Adams not getting the necessary targets. Their defense is just horrible. Fans are fed up, and they cleared house. They fired Josh McDaniels. I think they fired him yesterday with the GM. Uh, 
The linebacker coach is the interim head coach. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be there next year. I know that for sure. Devontae Adams can't get traded because that big contract he got. I wish Devontae Adams could ask for the trade. But when you listen to ESPN, FS1, every single sports channel on podcast, there were Las Vegas said there's no way in hell they're trading uh, Devontae Adams in the single team. I would want to see Devontae Adams on a, a championship winning team to get his ring. Um, I know the last quarterback that he could have won a championship with was Aaron Rodgers, who lucky towards who unfortunately uh, towards AC uh, Achilles in New York. Um, but I would love to see Devontae go to a, a contender and get a championship where he just walks away from the game because he's that talented and that good. Um, you hear Buffalo, you hear Kansas City. I mean, but knowing that the Las Vegas Raiders are not going to trade him, but to me, if they traded Khalil Mack, they can trade Devontae Adams um, and, and rebuild because Devontae is getting to a point where he's older now and he doesn't have time to be part of a rebuilding program. This is the same thing with uh, Andre Johnson of the Houston Texans when they drafted Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, they moved him to ten- I think they moved him to Tennessee and then he got moved to Indianapolis when he in, uh, ended up walking away from the game. Um, same thing with Julio Jones being in Atlanta, being there for a minute, and then he go into uh, Tampa Bay and play with Brady. DeAndre Hopkins was there for going to Arizona, and now he's at uh, Tennessee. You want the guys that you grew up watching since they were drafted in the league to get a championship. And Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams is deserving one of those guys that he's still elite to get a championship. But good job for the Las Vegas Raiders for uh, letting go of the head coach. You know, I don't, I don't want to see no man lose his job, but Josh McDaniel needed to lose his job. He wasn't a good coach in Denver when he had Tebow, and he wasn't a good coach now with porn star Jimmy. So he needed to go. So um, I want to see Devontae succeed, but I do want him on another team where he can contend for a championship. Let the Las Vegas Raiders build, build from the ground up, build from the draft, free agents if they want to go there, which I highly doubt they will. But just just rebuild the franchise into something that we know that we can watch and enjoy watching. Because we love football, but certain people who've been grinding since kids' age to get to this level and they want that Super Bowl ring and on their resume before they retire, we want to see that. So, and that's uh, Devontae Adams. But without further ado, man, that is the show today, man. I appreciate y'all tuning in to the Black Pill Sport. Uh, uh, let me rephrase that. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Black Pill Sports Podcast Show. Until next time, man. God first, God bless. Keep crossing your life first, man. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.